Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com beaconbaptist.com The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. Well, we have come to number eight. We talked about it on the broadcast yesterday, but we did not complete it. And I'm talking about the eighth paradox in the list that Paul gives us in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, paradoxes of the Christian life, that is, nine statements that seem contradictory on the surface, but upon closer examination are particularly insightful. And we need to understand what Paul is teaching us by the direction of the Holy Spirit as he gives us these nine paradoxes of the Christian life. First, a list of nine hardships and sufferings in verses 4 and 5. Second, a list of nine graces and enablements in verses 6 and 7. And finally, nine paradoxes of the Christian life in verses 8 through 10. And here's what we read. By honor and dishonor by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. And it is that next to last one, the eighth one on this third list, as poor yet making many rich that we are working on at the moment. And we are going to continue that on the broadcast today. Thank you for joining me and thank you for supporting this broadcast with your financial gifts, without which we cannot continue to do this. So did I say welcome to the Thursday, March 2 edition? That's today. And we're grateful for the privilege of ministering God's Word on this radio station. As poor, yet making many rich. As I pointed out yesterday, one of the difficulties in getting to the bottom of what Paul is saying here is in knowing whether he's talking about material poverty or spiritual poverty, and likewise material riches and spiritual riches, And because it's not crystal clear which of those he's talking about, we really end up with three possibilities here. Paul can be talking about financial poverty, enabling others to come to financial riches. Or he could be talking about spiritual poverty, 
contributing to others becoming spiritually rich. Or the third possibility is someone being financially poor but making others spiritually rich. And we talked only about the first one on the broadcast yesterday, and I'll touch upon that again, and then we'll move on to the other two possibilities. Enriching poverty. What is Paul talking about when he says, as poor, he himself, identifying himself as poor, as poor, yet making many rich. And it is possible that he's saying, though I lived a life of poverty, generally speaking, there were some exceptions to that clearly from Philippians chapter 4. We read that there were times when he lived in poverty and there are other times when he abounded financially. Let me turn to that passage and remind you of it. He says, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I'm, ta- I'm reading now Philippians 4.12, Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That last verse that I just read, verse 13, is one of the best known verses in the Bible, but it is almost always wrestled completely or I should say rested rather than wrestled, rested completely out of its context so that it's made to apply to anything and everything. But before we do that, we should consider the context and see what Paul means when he says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And he's clearly saying, I can live in poverty or I can live in abundance. I can be full or I can be hungry. I can abound and I can suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I am able, by the grace of God, to live in whatever circumstances God places me in and to be content. That's the point. Not just that I can survive, but I'm content. I'm satisfied. I'm perfectly happy to be poor or rich, to be stretched almost to the limit financially, or to have some surplus, and maybe quite a bit of surplus. So Paul was not always poor, clearly. But I think we would have to characterize his entire life of ministry as being more on the meager side of life than upon the rich side of life. And so when he says, as poor... He could very well be talking about himself and his financial poverty, and yet making many rich, he could very well be talking about the ministry of God's Word in being saved through the gospel of Christ, as Paul preaches the gospel, and God uses that to save sinners and to change them. Along with those changed hearts, there come so many other changes in life. No more No more immorality. That'll cut down on some of the things that cause poverty. No more drunkenness. That'll cut down on things that cause poverty. No more more gambling and and living in 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 an irresponsible way. That'll cut way down on poverty. You see, becoming a Christian equips a person to become more 
prosperous financially than he would be otherwise. It's not that all Christians are rich and all non-Christians are poor. We know that. But the gospel and Christian teaching that follows the gospel as we teach them to observe all things whatsoever Christ commanded us, the gospel and teaching about a proper Christian life will probably do more to lift people out of poverty than anything else. In fact, it, it in many cases does more than lifts people out of pro- poverty. It teaches them how to become prosperous. And it teaches them how to use their prosperity in a God-honoring way. So yes, Paul could be talking about that. Even though I am poor, my life as a minister of the gospel has actually made many others rich. Now, the second possibility, really, it's linguistically possible, but it's just not realistically possible, to think that he means not financially poor, but spiritually poor, and yet making people spiritually rich. Though linguistically, that would be a possible understanding of this paradox it really doesn't fit. There doesn't seem to be any way that we could properly call the Apostle Paul spiritually poor. So when he says, as poor, yet making many rich, he doesn't mean as himself being spiritually poor, but his ministry contributes to make others spiritually rich. We would very readily understand his ministry making others spiritually rich, but there's no way that we can interpret the words as poor as meaning he himself was spiritually impoverished. He was not just the opposite. He was spiritually enriched. So that brings us to a third possibility, and that is that the first poor refers to material resources and the second one to spiritual riches. As poor financially, which is the main characteristic of his life as a minister, yet making many spiritually rich. My willingness to live a life of relative poverty for the cause of the gospel, for the, for the cause of being an, a, an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the cause of traveling, which is expensive, and preaching the gospel in faraway places where I don't have my normal means of financial support. My willingness to do this, my willingness to live a life of being financially poor, has enriched spiritually hundreds, yes, no doubt thousands of people. That certainly is a possibility. So whether we take Number one possibility, financially poor, making others financially rich. Or number three possibility, financially poor, making others spiritually rich. It's a very interesting paradox. As poor, yet making many rich. I have no difficulty combining number one and three and saying probably both were true. And maybe in some sense, both of them were in the minds of the Apostle Paul. But now we move on to number nine, the last one on the list. And that takes us to the end of verse 10, where he says, "Having, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. Now, this is related to number eight, but it's a little bit different angle. As having 
nothing, as having little of this world's goods, and yet possessing all things, having claim to everything that belongs to God. And what would that be? Well, that would be everything, wouldn't it? I don't have much in my pocket, in my billfold, in my whatever kind of um, bag that Paul probably carried around with him. I don't have much that I'm carrying with me. I don't have much stored away in this world. And yet, I do have everything. I am heir to immense riches. It's not far removed from what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3.21 when he said, Therefore, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come. All are yours, and you are Christ's, and Christ is God's. There is this emphasis on the possession by Christians of everything that Christ possesses. We are, as, as we know, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And so we have access to everything. We may not have it in our possession, but we have access to it. If we need it, it's there. Uh, what more could you ask for? Having possessions that are just laid aside and not being used isn't, isn't much different from having things available that God supplies as needed. And that may be the kind of wealth that Paul is talking about. We could call this hidden wealth. Having little of this world's goods, and yet having a claim upon everything that is God's, because I belong to Him. Paradox, yes, but what a sweet paradox. What a wonderful truth. What a wonderful reality. These are wonderful things to consider. Until next week, no, until tomorrow, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.